What's up, everyone? I'm Remy. I'm Lucas. And I'm Casey. And welcome back to day 21 of the Day Ones Discourse. Alrighty, so we got a fun topic for you guys today. Um, it came about, we were uh, we were just hanging out downstairs in Remy's, uh, Remy's kitchen. We were talking about, potentially, if someone walked in out of nowhere right there and... Like in your house. Yeah, like an intruder, and was just like, hey... I'm here to kill you guys. <laughs> what would we do? Okay, that wasn't what we were talking about. <laughs> okay, we no. were t- like if someone was coming to rob your house yeah. and you had to defend yourself, would you go all out and kill them? Or would you <laughs> resort for a more peaceful option? And due to legal reasons, we're not going to tell our answers. So <laughs> we'll go on to the actual moral dilemmas of today. But yeah, yeah. So that sparked... Uh, this idea. So we're gonna read through some some moral dilemmas that we found. Um, we we each have a couple, so we'll see how many we get through. But and for the listeners out there, Casey came up with this idea, and we were so proud of him. It's a great idea. Nicely done. That's right. I run this podcast. He literally runs it. Literally, he's our, our manager. <laughs> Lucas and I are the personalities. He's the manager. Yeah, true. Okay, but. That kind of hurt a little bit. Rose did. All right, I'll (laughs) go. I'll start. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this first one is called a doctor's dilemma. All right. And I think it's super interesting. So you are a doctor at a top hospital. You have six gravely ill patients, five of whom are in urgent need of organ transplants. You can't help them, though, because there are no available organs that can be used to save their lives. The sixth patient, however, will die without a particular medicine. If he slash she dies... You will be able to save the other five patients using the organs of patient six, who is an organ donor. What do you do? Okay, well, speaking from, like, if I was a doctor, like, you take the Hippocratic Oath. Yeah. And I mean, first that off, completely like, wow. violates that, for one. Yeah. Because you're, you should always be acting yeah, in, the, in, the, best, in yeah. the interest of the patient. Yeah. But the best interest of... Five patients versus the best interest of one patient. Remy's pulling the utilitarian approach. <laughs> Casey, what are you going to come back with? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I understand where you're coming from. And there's a part of me that's like, yeah, I'd do that. But then there's also the side of it that's like, I mean, I... You're not supposed to be harming anyone. Yeah. Like, if you have the opportunity to give them the medicine, like the life-saving medication, yeah. then you sh- like I mean, it's, should. It, the thing is, it's not your place to, to be deciding who lives and who dies. Isn't that what a doctor is? Is though no a do- a doctor a doctor doesn't decide who lives and dies a doc a doctor tries to help people live. You know what I mean? Yes, and he's trying to help those other five people live. Yeah. It, oh, it can it can go this can go back and forth forever. It's but just so hard. I, I mean, agree with you. I would personally, as a not because of the Hippocratic oath that I've taken, if I was a doctor or anything like that. Personally, I couldn't make that decision to say I'm not going to I'm going to actively not give this person medication because it, it, it's something in my mind where I can't actively do that and take someone's life away that could easily just been, you know, been given to them. Whereas these other people are going to die if they don't get the organs. Well, odds are they're probably already either come to terms with it or something like that. And it's not my place to then, you know kill someone else just to make five other people live so i mean people die every day but at least i can save this one person Mm -hmm. actively so yeah that kind of choice would only should only come to like the patient 
No, it should it shouldn't be in the doctor's. I hands. don't even think you should tell the patient that. Hey, you can save well, yeah, five other people. The, oh yeah, definitely. It comes down to you give them the medication. Yeah, and that's no, one hundred percent. Just some doctor that's guilt tripping the patient. You know, if you died, we could save like five people who are way, way better than this you. This is very selfish. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you just die? <laughs> just don't take the medication. Come on. All right. Yeah. So I think we collectively agree there that we definitely would help the one person out. Not me. <laughs> I was going to say, well, first off, I'd be like, wow, how did I become a doctor? That was cool. But... <laughs> All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and read mine. Uh, it's called Hit and Run. So one morning you're driving to work, and as per usual, running a bit late, so you're driving a touch faster than the speed limit. You reach down to your stereo to change this CD. Okay. Absolute <laughs> moron. When I'm all of a sudden you're... the CD in your car. When all of a sudden your car hits something solid. You spin to a stop, but not before several more cars have run into you and each other in an attempt to avoid the accident. As you look up and out of your car, you can see that you hit a person and that the person is not looking very good. In fact, you are sure that they are dead. You shakily get out of the car and look around at the damage that has been caused. Several cars have been badly smashed up, but more importantly, you have killed someone with your careless driving. As you're standing there in shock, a woman comes up to you, tears running down her face and obviously very shook up. As a natural reaction, you ask her what's wrong. She gives you a funny look, and then she explains that she just ran over someone. Oh, my god. You ask her where this person is. I hate you. This is the one that I was going to do. It just had a different title to it. Oh, well, this is it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, You ask her where this person is, and she points to the person that you ran over. You don't understand why, but for some reason, this woman thinks that she caused this accident and killed this person, when in fact, you are well aware that you were the cause. Whoever accepts the blame is likely to be placed in jail for a very long time. If you don't let the woman take the blame, there's a very good chance you'll get away with it. However, there is also the chance that you could be placed in jail for an even for even longer for trying to cover it up. What do you do? Um, first of all, I would definitely be 100% honest and like, hey, I actually hit that person. That was on me because... I wouldn't want to, A, feel guilty for causing someone else to go through a prison that they don't deserve and because that will ruin their life. My life's already going to be ruined with the thought that I just killed someone with my car. Yeah. So there's no point in ruining two people's lives and I can just say, hey, that wasn't your fault. It was 100% mine. I hit the person and I would go to jail and that would at least not clear my conscience, but it would make me feel better than if I sent someone else to jail and then lived the rest of my life knowing I did two bad things instead of just one. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm 100% with Remy on this one. Yeah. Well, that's uh, I'm, sick. I mean, I'm, honestly, honestly, jail isn't that bad anyways. Like, <laughs> yeah, you get a library, a gym, yeah. Netflix. Yeah. I mean, the, there's. I feel like there's always, always a side to most people that would be te- really tempted. It was, it'd be Especially tempting. in the moment. It'd be so yeah. tempting. Because this person's completely convinced that they just hit this person. Yeah. You're like, oh, wait. Like, I might be able to get away with this. Mm-hmm. But, no, yeah. I, I definitely have to agree with you guys. Yeah. There's, a, there's no way I could, like you said, live with the guilt of killing someone and the guilt of putting someone in jail, whether or not they actually thought they did it. But, yeah. Alrighty. Next one. This one's called the Mad Bomber. 
And it states, uh, a madman who has threatened to explode several bombs in crowded areas has been apprehended. Unfortunately, he's already planted the bombs and they're uh, scheduled to go off in a short time. It is possible that hundreds of people may die. The authorities cannot make him divulge the location of the bombs by conventional methods. Um, and he refuses to speak. An exasperation in some high-level yeah, some high level uh, officials suggest that you should torture him. This would be illegal, of course, but the official uh, thinks that... Nevertheless, the right thing to do in the desperate situation. Um, do you agree? And if you do, would it be morally justifiable to torture the mad bomber's innocent wife if that is the only way to make him talk? This actually reminds me of... Um, did you guys ever see... Uh, I can't remember the name. It was the movie about the Boston um, Marathon bombings. I did not know. I think it was pa- Patriots Day. I think that's what it was called. But the this same kind of thing came up, basically... One of the bombers, um, they pulled in, I think it was his girl, it was either his wife or his girlfriend, and they kind of did like an intimidation type thing. Really? Um, and they were debating whether or not they were going to like get violent with her. Interesting. So I I just think it's interesting. Huh. Um, I think torturing the man, yes, that is justifiable. Torturing his wife, no. Uh, I'm with you on that one. Yeah. Yeah, I think... If someone's willing to kill literally hundreds of innocent people, like if it's kind of for the greater good in that case, even though it is like it is illegal, I think if it was coming from a high level official and like he was kind of willing to take the blame for it, I'm not sure if I could like be the one to torture him per se, but yeah, um, the idea of torturing him to save those people, I I mean, it sounds like screwed up, but like I I'd honestly probably be for it. Yeah, it's so hard when it comes to things like this because, like, nowadays, people can't get away with that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, so someone's going to take the fall for it. Yeah. And it's just so odd how, what, like, I feel like there was a point in time where people could actually get away with this stuff, especially, like, th- think about, like, World War Two. And World War One, yeah, like prisoners of war and everything, yeah, like it was it was accepted, and then like there were the Geneva Accords, um, or the Geneva Convention, all that stuff that changed all that, um, probably for the common good. But the thing is, there's so many people out there that are just screwed up, and will do those kind of things and. I think in that situation, I'd, I could, yeah, I could, I could, I would not torture his wife. Like, no, that's yeah, crossing I, I, the line. yeah, I think tor- torturing the wife's pretty, yeah, um, because that's just an innocent bystander, uh, maybe, but, um, yeah, I, I, I think I, I could do it, not personally, but I think I'd, go, I'd, <laughs> the way the Casey gave us that, I could do it, guys, no worries. <laughs> Not even a not even a question, not even a second thought. <laughs> I could do it. <laughs> it's just so funny how most of these uh it's like you're either doing something it's it's basically They're all like choosing the s- between morality and the law. Yeah. With all with all of them. Yeah, I mean a lot of them is just like do you do you not do anything or um <clears throat> do you choose like a utilitarian perspective? Yeah. And just like save the most amount of people type thing. Yeah. That's what almost all these are. Yeah. I don't know. All right. 
Well, my next one is a little bit more interesting, and it's not really you choosing between to do something or not, but it's an analyzing a scenario and saying whether or not the person is morally obligated to do something about the scenario. All right, fair enough. Uh, this is called A Callous Passerby. Roger Smith, a quite competent swimmer, is out for a leisurely stroll. During the course of his walk, he passes by a deserted pier from which a teenage boy who apparently cannot swim has fallen into the water. The boy is screaming for help. Smith recognizes that there is absolutely no danger to himself if he jumps in to save the boy. He could easily succeed if he tried. Nevertheless, he chooses to ignore the boy's cries. The water is cold and he is afraid of catching a cold, and he doesn't want to get his good clothes wet either. What, why should I con- inconvenience myself for this kid, Smith says to himself and passes on. So the question is, does Smith have a moral obligation to save the boy? If so, should he also have a legal obligation, a.k.a. Good Samaritan laws, as well? Well, I'm pretty sure that's... That'd just be negligence. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, mean, I remember I there was a scenario like this when I took my first business law class. And we were, this came up, this, this exact thing. Like if it was, if someone crashed into a lake, like their car crashed into a lake and you saw it going under, um, and you kept driving and like someone found out like you're going to be held liable legally. But, um, yeah, that's the morality part. Yeah. I mean, that's just like, okay. But so there is laws, but do you think that it, there's those laws should be in Oh, hundred percent. If you yeah. have the ability, like if I was drowning per se and I was caught in a riptide or something like that, and there's super capable like swimmer who was willing to come or who had the capabilities to come save me, like his willingness should not be able like that. Should... Okay. But what it, can you prove though, that he would have been able to save you? That's the, that's where I get caught up on the legal side is how can you as like a person, you know, so I'm a decent swimmer. I could probably save someone's life. But no one else probably would know that. How can they prove that I could have then saved that person's life without putting mine at risk? That that's the whole question, and that that's where it comes up in in law too. It's whether the act itself put you in just as much danger as that other person was. Because if it does, then you aren't legally obligated to do anything. Yeah, I don't think there should be laws. Um, like that. period <laughs> done no laws. Is statement nice. um, but I don't think there should be laws like that because um, it, it comes down to whether or not the person could feel completely capable of doing it and they probably could but whether or not they're comfortable doing it is an entirely another scenario because you don't know what happens in high risk or not in high risk but in high stress scenarios something like that something could go seriously wrong and suddenly more people are hurt or something so I, think, I don't know. The guy sounded like, like in the description, at least he, they said like right. he was a very competent swimmer in, in this and he didn't want scenario. to because of his like clothing. I think that's the part that like just but, morality wise, like he's definitely in the wrong. For oh yeah. One, yeah. Anything. 100%. It, then, then it does just come to the legality of it all. Yeah. I think morally, yeah, you should probably feel a little obligated to save someone's life, but I don't think there should be laws in place that make you do that and if you don't you can be held responsible because to me that doesn't make sense at all yeah i can i don't know i i'm i'm kind of disagreeing here i don't know i i think that i think that everyone has i think they should have a legal duty that if they have the ability and 
I think if you're a good lawyer, you can build a case against it pretty 100%, easily. 100%. Yeah. Like that's, that's the thing is if, if you've got any noticeable proof, I mean, if they've ever like taken swim lessons or they've done something along those lines, like you could probably be able to build a pretty solid case that he's, he's acting in negligence. Yeah, definitely. So. All um, right. We'll, we'll do one more probably. Yep. Sounds um, good. All right. Here we go. This one's called The Accident. Um, you are an emergency worker that has just been called to the scene of an accident. When you arrive, you see that the car belongs to your wife. Fearing the worst, you rush over to see she is trapped in her car with another man. She sees you, and although barely conscious, she manages to mouth the words, I'm sorry. You don't understand, but her looks answer the question. The The man next to her is her lover with whom she's been having an affair. You reel back in shock, devastated by what her eyes have just told you. As you step back, the wreck in front of you comes into focus. You see your wife seriously hurt, and she needs attention straight away. Even if she gets attention, there is a very high chance she'll die. You look at the scene next to her and see her lover. He's bleeding heavily from a wound to the neck, and you need to stem the the flow of blood immediately. It will only take about five minutes to stop, but it will mean your wife will definitely die. If you tend to your wife, however, the man will bleed to death despite the fact that it could have been avoided. Who would you choose to work on? Well, it comes down to there's probably more than one emergency service worker there. Um, most EMS crews have like t- two or three people. So I it really shouldn't be a, a problem to get both of the medical attention. Okay, Even though, okay, okay regardless of that. <laughs> Let's humor the, the <laughs> dilemma here. <laughs> Um, I think honestly, I think I'd have a really tough time not saving my wife, even if like, even per se, she, uh, she like cheated on you or something along those lines. Um, I think if, if you really loved her at one point, like you would still want to see her living type of thing. And and you would like, I would honestly, I'd probably be pretty frustrated with the guy too, because if it is something where they're they're driving together, like it's not even like they're meeting somewhere, but yeah. the fact that they are driving together somewhere implies it's almost like a relationship. Yeah. So he probably knows about you, and like he has no problem taking like the, um, the homewrecker position. Yeah. I don't know. I'd probably just go for the wife. Just you don't know anything about the man, but there's obviously a good reason why you married her specifically. Yeah. I know it'd have to come into basic triage and the wife probably isn't going to live and therefore you would want to focus your attention on the person you could save for sure. That's what I would do because at that point both of them have betrayed my trust at some point so now they're just people to me but I want to save their lives and so I'd save the one I knew I could save for sure whereas taking the risk of only saving one and not possibly saving either of them. I don't know. In yeah, my, that's in my also, mind. Yeah, that's also very fair. In my mind, I would, I'd save the, the, the guy, guy, because, um, not because I hate one over the other, but because I know I can save one versus the other. In my mind, that's a greater um, decision. It's not. I, I should put my emotions aside about who they are and what what they are, and get down to who can I for sure save. Yeah. Yeah, and I think the this one also kind of comes down to like the fact that you're an emergency um service person like you're you're a paramedic. Correct, yeah. And it kind of goes back to like the first one that we talked about like 
it's your job to do what you can to save whoever's there. And I feel like in this scenario, you, like you said, you do have a choice of whether or not to, to actually, um, save one person or let yeah. the other die. Um, and you just have to kind of weigh the odds and see who's going to make it. So that's fair. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, I think that, uh, that wraps everything up for today. Yeah. Now let's move into the song recommendations for the week. Does anyone want to start us off? Yeah. Um, I'm going to do, uh, I like me better by Lauv. Um, it's oh, a okay. Really good nice. Song. Um, heck yeah. It's yeah. It's a really great chill song. It's a good love song too. So yeah. Um, I'm going to round off my wolf saga recommendations oh my with <laughs> reverie girl. This is like the, the third episode I've recommended wolf saga, but reverie girl by far has, is my favorite song from him. And, uh, I just I can't stop listening to it. So, and then my recommendation for the week is uh, "Boyfriend" by Love Leo. Um, makes me feel really suave and just like kind of cool. <laughs> so, I like listening to it. Alrighty, thanks everyone for tuning in this week, and uh, make sure to go check us out. Um, we we have all of our episodes now are up on YouTube. Um, Some of them I got I gotta <laughs> keep putting them up. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully by this by the time this one comes out, yeah. they all will be. So. All right, yeah, thanks for listening. Check out our Twitter. Um, we don't have many followers. We want more. <laughs> so Heck yeah. Let yeah. us know if you guys have any recommendations for um, ideas, suggestions, comments, anything like that. Drop a rating if you can. Um, other than that, have a great week. Yeah. yeah. I'll see you all later. Have a good yeah. night. Thanks Bye. for listening.